Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The wrong direction. We are on an upward trajectory. That is concerning. Where BC's curve is heading if the current trend continues. The COVID generation gap. Is there still a lot of partying going on downtown? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, I, I know so. An urgent message to young people. I'm a healthy 19-year-old guy, and I still manage to get the virus. And Stanley Park suffering. Business is down by 90% at the Prospect Point restaurant. Threats of legal action over the new rules of the road. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. New insight today from health officials about how BC is trending in the fight against COVID-19 and the situation we could be facing come the fall. This, as our daily new case numbers show an upward trend. Today, we have 78 new cases. That brings BC's total to 4,274. Thankfully, no new deaths, so that number stays at 196. Nine people are in hospital, four of them in the ICU. 3,500 people are now considered fully recovered. Right now, there are 578 active cases and 1,878 people in isolation. Well, the ongoing surge in COVID-19 cases and the steepening of that curve is certainly concerning. Those case numbers underpin the province's latest modeling data, which shows scenarios ranging from the status quo to a rapid escalation in cases. As Richard Zussman reports, Dr. Bonnie Henry is putting her faith in the actions of British Columbians and an aggressive contact tracing program. The search is on. For those in their 20s and 30s breaking BC's COVID rules. And there's some people out there who are trying to skirt the rules, to trying to find ways to get around things and hide things, and we are trying to find them. The impact these young people are having is clear. New data shows the evolution of the virus. 20 to 40-year-olds now dominating the new cases since the end of June. The province forecasting a rapid increase in the spread of the virus if the behaviour of young people doesn't change, showing a projection of new COVID case numbers far higher in September than the height of the virus in the spring. But even though the province is looking for rule breakers, especially those hosting banquet hall parties, in most cases they won't be fined or threatened with immediate action. They can expect to be visited and the rules will be enforced. And that will have consequences in the future because it may not be reasonable or possible to shut down an event and, and that might not be the most desirable thing, but it will have consequences. Those consequences are likely further restrictions for all British Columbians. And there's been a recent call to shut down nightclubs and bars, especially after an exposure at the Ivy Lounge at the Trump Hotel Vancouver on August 7th and August 8th. But Dr. Henry says the industry has actually been doing better recently. We're not at the point where we're seeing um, that, that we feel that we need to shut the entire industry down. Dr. Henry, far more worried about private gatherings and house parties and the impact it could have on the hospitals. 
This shows older people are far more likely than younger people to end up in ICU or die from the virus. But the more young people get the virus, the more likely they are to pass it on to those they love. As we have more transmission, more exposure events, the probability increases that somebody's going to take this home to their family, to their granny, to their grandpa. A message the province hopes these COVID-19 rule breakers figure out before it's too late. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Keith Baldry joins us with more now. Keith, let's drill down into this a little bit more and the importance of testing, tracing and isolating. Yes, and all of those three things are on the uptick. We're testing more, we have more contact tracers, and more and more people are in isolation. Although there's a bit of a de decrease on that front since yesterday. But the modeling today did include a bit of an update on our testing strategy and our testing resources. Have a look at this. Uh, a number of points of information here on the upper left there, 280,000 tests. That's actually higher now. This is a, a few days old. We're approaching 300,000 tests. On the right there, interesting, about halfway down is the positivity rate. Uh, almost 2% there. It's gone a little higher now in recent days and that's a bit of a concern we were at 0.5 percent we're testing more and we're finding more and more positives at a slightly higher rate and there's all sorts of people at testing sites now i don't know if you've ever been near one of them there's lineups uh we've got accounts of people losing their temper wanting you to get tested more tests are being offered dr bonnie henry making the point today again why this is so important in terms of finding out who has the virus is that so many people are in isolation now because they've been exposed to the virus once someone tests positive for this the contact tracer tracers get into action and you've got people uh, inadvertently exposed and they have to go into isolation. Here's the doctor. It's not just the person who tests positive who this is impacting. It's those people who were exposed, where, who are in the incubation period, where we have ordered them into isolation, where they can't go to work, they can't go to school, they can't enjoy things with their friends because they are at risk of developing those symptoms and becoming sick themselves. Um, and that's how we break those transmission chains. But that also, when we follow up with those contacts, we look at the ages that we're talking about. So we have had some spillover into more at-risk populations. We've and speaking of ages, I just ran the numbers again. So if we looked at the 75, 78 cases uh, reported today, of the ones assigned to uh, age groups, 75% uh, of them are now uh, under the age of 40. And in fact, almost half of them are between the age of 20 and 29. So mm. the trend continues. All right, thanks for that, Keith Baldry in Victoria. Well, with BC going in the wrong direction when it comes to COVID-19 case numbers, the call is out to Canadian celebrities like Ryan Reynolds and Seth Rogen to send a message to young people not to party in large groups. But at least one medical expert says it would be much more effective to go behind the daily numbers and tell the stories of survival from other young adults. Jordan Armstrong reports. Video since deleted from Instagram purports to show an event at Levels Nightclub last Thursday. An event with questionable physical distancing. Vancouver Coastal Health says anyone who visited the Seymour Street venue on Tuesday, August 4th or Friday, August 7th may have been exposed to COVID-19. Is there still a lot of partying going on downtown? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, I, I know so, for sure. <laughs> She's 23, so is he. Put more, you know, steeper fines in place uh, for these people that are, are doing these idiotic things. 
But why is the public health messaging not connecting with some of their peers? Both say there's been too much emphasis on stats and not enough on personal stories from young survivors. This health sciences professor agrees. We don't hear what happens to people who survive. And it makes you think that, oh, okay, you, you, you get the virus, and if you don't die, you recover, so everything's fine. My name is Matt. I'm 19 years old, and I had COVID-19. It's really hard on the body, and you can have really long-lasting effects even when you're not sick anymore. Now, the federal government has rolled out these videos. I don't want anyone to have to go through what I did. I'm 24, and it hit me really hard. Problem is, they're not easy to find online. Lear thinks it's a good idea, but on the wrong platform. And there might be an opportunity here for the B.C. government to do it right. We need also to get the stories in a way that will reach them, whether through Instagram, TikTok, uh, other social media. We need everyone to rejoin the effort. So if that requires a broader communication of the message or different communications of the message, uh, of course, uh, we're going to do that. You heard the man. The party's over, kids. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. Well, the heated debate over vehicles in Stanley Park could be heading to the courts. One restaurant says a lack of consultation by the park board has resulted in a significant downturn in business. Catherine Urquhart has more on why they're now pursuing potential legal action. The view from Prospect Point, spectacular. Profits at the restaurant here, dismal, after the elimination of parking stalls and one lane of vehicle traffic. Now there's a possible lawsuit. We don't want to sue the city of Vancouver, but we will. The Prospect Point Bar and Grill says it has lost 90% of its business since COVID prompted the park board to make the traffic changes. Now many motorists are avoiding the area. They've designated a few uh, handicapped spots along the way, but uh, uh, it's, it's pretty confusing. Not too well marked and uh, uh, pretty difficult. Echoing those concerns, people with disabilities. For people with disabilities, a lot of the times cars are not a luxury. There are the banks. The Prospect Point restaurant is just one of several eateries being impacted. And it alone is out tens of thousands of dollars. Our client has a lease for parking spots in the uh, in in the park, and uh, that breach that lease has been breached without any kind of uh, consultation. The park board told Global News that staff are working closely with businesses to optimize the temporary traffic management plan. Adding, the park board does not comment on planned lawsuits or lawsuits before the courts. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Chinatown has a new museum showcasing the diversity of Chinese-Canadian culture and history. The Chinese-Canadian Museum is a first in Canada, and today's opening ceremony was celebrated with a lion dance. A new temporary exhibition, A Seat at the Table, was also highlighted. It explores the history of Chinese immigration, delving into how migrants and their descendants found ways to earn a living, challenge systemic racism, and thrive. The museum is also hoping to help foster a more inclusive society. A young girl robbed of her mobility. Oh, I was shocked. Yeah. I, I didn't believe it at first. 
The vital piece of equipment stolen when their backs were turned and the devastating impact on their daughter's life in just over a minute. A man in a wheelchair stuck on the tracks with a train heading straight for him. The split-second rescue coming up on the news hour. Tornado on the ground west of Brandon, Manitoba. And storm chasers get quite a show today. A tornado touches down. We'll show you more later. Right now, though, a new Westminster family is at a loss tonight, wondering how they'll replace a key piece of equipment that their daughter depends on. Someone stole the disabled child's mobility walker. As Rumina Dea reports, without that specialized walker, the little girl is having a tough time getting around. Hi, Raya. Raya Martin, Hi, forever Sophie. pushing the boundaries. Hi, despite being unable to walk. But everything changed Sunday. The fierce five-year-old forced to her knees. The child's specialized walker stolen. Oh, I was shocked. I, yeah. I didn't believe it at first. I asked my husband, I'm like, did you take her walker? And he said no. The custom-made $4,000 walker from Denmark was strapped to the car's bike rack. The family unloading their vehicle August 9th after 7.30 p.m. when they noticed the lock and straps were cut. The walker gone. You can't stop a thief. You know? You literally just turned around for less 20, than 20 Less than 20 minutes. Gone. This is hugely disheartening. We're appealing to the public. Help us locate the walker. Help us locate the person or people who may have taken it. New Westminster police looking for CCTV footage in the area of First Street south of Royal Avenue. Raya's parents worried. Their daughter's freedom may have been pawned or sold for scrap metal. She starts kindergarten in September, so it would have been nice for her to have something for her to move around in. Yeah, so she can play with other kids. With the clock ticking for the start of school, a family friend is trying to raise money for a new walker. Unable to understand why she needs a hand from mom and dad to walk a few steps, it's clear the little girl just wants her independence back. Well, I'm not mad. But, you know, I'm sure she's disappointed if she could say something, you know, she would be, you know, she's pretty upset too. I hope that we can get it back. Romina Dea, Global News. Ridge Meadows RCMP say they have made the largest seizure of drugs, weapons and cash in the detachment's history. Included in that stash, an even more potent form of fentanyl. More than $100,000 in cash and more than 35,000 street doses of suspected fentanyl, along with crack, meth and weapons, have been seized. Police say they began their investigation in March following multiple overdose deaths on the Lower Mainland related to what's known as blue fentanyl an even more dangerous form of the deadly opioid. We feel it's a significant impact to uh, street-level drug trade that we see here in our community. And any time that you can uh, remove that quantity of drugs off our, seat, uh, off our streets, we certainly know the impact will, uh, will be significant in making our, our community safer. 34-year-old Christopher Lee Harms has been arrested. He remains in custody and faces nine charges. Police are forwarding 11 more charges for Crown Council to consider. 
A woman charged with sex offenses is back in custody after being on the lam for several weeks. Vancouver police issued a warning about Nicole Edwards last week after she failed to return to a Surrey halfway house on July 20th. The 33-year-old faces charges in connection with a violent sexual assault at Oppenheimer Park back in April. She was wanted for not abiding by court-ordered conditions. The VPD now says she was arrested on the downtown east side on Friday and remains in custody. A new work of art has sprung up at a construction site near the base of the King George Skytrain station. It's combining everybody and bringing equality in. A local construction company, Surrey RCMP and First Nations Youth have all joined forces to start painting a giant mural meant to spread positivity in the community. The project came together after LEDCOR offered up a large white wall to the wraparound program for high-risk youth. Turned out to be an exciting opportunity to get creative. The title of the piece is called Common Unity. It's something that we could all um, move toward in uh, the future of art and the community here uh, in Surrey. And I think it's a, it's a good way to inform the public that art is available, art is here, and it's able to inspire people in these times of need. Just ahead, a BC mega project on shaky ground. There were 6,500 earthquakes that occurred in the zone that the Site C Dam is in. Troubling new data on the number of tremors and what's causing them. Plus, Everesting Mount Seymour, why a Vancouver woman is climbing 8,800 meters on her bike. Good evening. Traffic is steady over here at the Patello Bridge, seeing minimal delays northbound out of Surrey on King George Boulevard and just pockets of volume southbound down McBride through New West. From help on the road to protecting your home and car, BCA's local experts are here for your insurance needs. Needs visit BCA.com. I'm Trish Wisson in Global One, high above the Patello Bridge. Some damning new research is heightening concern over fracking in the Peace River region. A recent report says fracking-induced earthquakes near the Site C Dam are worse than first thought. Paul Johnson has more on why this is prompting activists to demand a public inquiry. They are the jewels in the crown of BC's hydroelectric industry. The two existing dams on the Peace River and a third under construction, Site C. They're meant to power the province into the future. Now some are concerned about their safety. What we're seeing here, I think, is, is, is a perfect storm of events. Ben Parfit is a resource analyst with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. He says data compiled by a federal government researcher shows the number of earthquakes happening in the Peace region is many times higher than previously thought. There were 6,500 earthquakes that occurred in the zone that the Site C Dam is in. The earthquakes are thought to be triggered by oil and gas fracking operations happening in the same region as the dams. A fact of geography that is alarming to Parfit and even some former BC Hydro employees. It is highly questionable to be allowing any fracking activity to be happening in this region at all. BC Hydro says its dams are built to withstand earthquakes much stronger than any seen so far and told Global News Thursday that those triggered by fracking don't rise to a level that can threaten their dams. The Ministry of Energy, Mines and Petroleum Resources also told Global News they don't allow fracking within five kilometers of any dam. Once completed, 
Site C will be the single most expensive public infrastructure project in the history of the province. Already an earthquake in the area two years ago forced the temporary evacuation of construction crews. Parfit says Victoria's policy of allowing fracking in the vicinity of our biggest dams needs a rethink. He suggests this. That the government uh, immediately appoint uh, an independent panel of engineers and geoscientists uh, to look at uh, both the geotechnical problems at the dam and these rising incidents of earthquakes. Paul Johnson, Global News. Well, if you've ever biked up or driven up Mount Seymour or Cyprus, you know just how long and steep those hills are. Well, today, a group of cyclists has been taking them on for a good cause. How are you feeling? Pretty good. Not bad for three. Seven more. The group are calling their challenge the courage to go further. The cyclists tackling the North Shore Mountains with a series of personal challenges, all raising money for Coast Mental Health. One of the biggest challenges has been taken on by Fiona Magendi. She is tackling the climb up Seymour 10 times, which is the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest. How was that? It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel good so far. I said to her, if you're going to do this, why don't you make one of them into a fundraiser for Coast Mental Health Foundation? Uh, the, uh, the foundation lost its big gala this year due to COVID, and that normally raises a good two and a half million dollars. Well, that money funds over 40 programs, and those programs are all at risk. Well, Fiona should be just nearing the end of her challenge right about now. If you would like to make a donation or take on your own challenge, you can find out more information at coastmentalhealth.com. If you are a lucky lottery winner, you can now collect your prize without having to leave your own home. Due to the pandemic, BCLC is implementing a new virtual prize claim process. No matter the size of the winnings, they will no longer have to visit the Vancouver or Kamloops office. Instead, winners can claim a prize over the phone. BCLC say they have the same security protocols and procedures in place to make sure they are paying out the rightful winner. One recent $500,000 winner enjoyed the convenience of the process it was fantastic so it, it started by a phone call and then an initial interview and then there was a, a slight investigation into the the winnings and uh, i was paid out within a week just showed up at my door yeah yeah the guy and i said be careful that's a half million dollar check and he uh he didn't believe me it was just sitting on his truck floor and he he grabbed it and i opened it in front of him and he couldn't believe that uh that, that happened well, speaking of lotteries, a Vancouver family has won a life-saving lottery. And we were just in complete shock. After raising millions for a vital treatment for their baby, news from the drug company they weren't expecting. Plus... Oh, let go! Lightning gets a little too close for comfort. What happened to the house it hit just ahead?
Southbound traffic is in good shape both ways this evening on Highway 99 to and from the Massey Tunnel. Keep in mind that overnight maintenance causes lane closures in both directions from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. For 47 years, Kermat Collision and Autoglass have provided unmatched superior customer service and satisfaction. With 18 lower mainland locations, there's a Kermac in your neighborhood. Visit Kermac.com. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One above Highway 99 and the Massey Tunnel. Multiple reports of, quote, a brief tornado occurring west of Brandon, Manitoba, late this afternoon. That's after tornado warnings were issued for parts of southwestern Manitoba. A short time later, Environment Canada said the storm was over the city of Brandon and traveling southeast at 30 kilometers an hour. No word yet on any damage or injuries. And some shocking video out of Wales after lightning struck a transformer there on Wednesday. And just see the rainbow. Oh, that dog! Oh, the quick strike surprised this mother and her daughter as they watched it safely from a window. One house wasn't so lucky, though, feeling the full force of it. The bolt actually blew out some sockets in the home that was hit, but luckily no one was injured. A pattern of unpredictable weather has hit the UK this week, with Wales currently going through a heat wave. History was made in the Middle East today for only the third time Israel has struck a peace deal with one of its Arab neighbors, this time the United Arab Emirates. The U.S. helped broker the agreement, which will normalize relations between the two countries. The UAE joins Egypt and Jordan in establishing formal relations with Israel. That means the two nations will soon exchange ambassadors and begin formal trade as part of the deal. Israel will refrain from annexing parts of the West Bank. Some analysts believe the deal is meant to corner Iran. This is the greatest advancements toward peace between Israel and the Arab world in the last 26 years, and it marks the third formal peace between Israel and an Arab nation. It's a, uh, certainly a historical watershed, but I think there's more to it than meets the eye. And I think what has cemented this uh, has been uh, a mutual fear of Iran. A statement from Palestinian leader Mahmoud Abbas denounced the deal and the Palestinian ambassador in Abu Dhabi has been recalled. The COVID-19 crisis continues to unfold in the United States. Texas posting one of the highest positive test rates in the country, with Florida and Kentucky also reporting high case numbers and deaths. But there are also signs of hope, including a leveling off of hospitalizations in California. Tonight, as our nation marks the third highest single-day death toll since May, the COVID crisis is still very much unfolding in states like Texas. While testing here has dramatically slowed, the positivity rate is through the roof. One out of every four people tested is positive for the virus. One of the highest death rates in the nation is in the Rio Grande Valley. It's for It's horrible. The next step is, light, is putting on a ventilator which your family is insisting, and we strongly disagree. While Florida recorded its deadliest day for COVID cases this week, and Kentucky just reported its highest number for new daily infections, there are signs of progress. Two weeks ago, 24 states were seeing at least a 25% increase in cases. Today, it's only three, as more Americans take precautions. And while California near 600,000 confirmed cases of COVID, hospitalizations are down double digits and the death rate in L.A. County has stabilized. Linus Parker beat the odds after 31 days on a ventilator, but is still struggling. 
eating, sleeping, um, just sitting up. Um, I have post-COVID conditions that unfortunately impact every one of those facets of my life. With cities like Nashville allowing bars to reopen, CDC Director Dr. Robert Redfield warns if Americans don't take precautions, this could be the worst fall season we've ever had. You're in violation of- In Miami, thousands of dollars in fines for not wearing face masks have been issued. But one local sheriff is ordering his employees and the public to remove their masks when entering headquarters. Tonight, the United States divided over the threat of the virus and how to move forward. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. The family of a B.C. baby who has been fundraising for access for a life-saving $3 million treatment has been selected in a worldwide lottery to get that drug for free. We received an email notifying us that Lucy's name had been selected from the Managed Access Program, and we were just in complete shock and then obviously overjoyed. It's a big relief for the family of Lucy Van Dormel, who was born with spinal muscular atrophy in April. The drug Zolgensma is needed to give her a missing gene to help stop the spread of her disease. The news comes as her parents almost reached their GoFundMe total. They say they're now working on a plan on where to disperse the money. We want to really think out what is our biggest uh, potential for impact and what are we able to do with those funds. So it could be a multitude of things. There's a lot of need in the SMA community and specifically for children searching for uh, the drug Zolgensma. So, you know, we would like to have the biggest impact we possibly can. Lucy is expected to get the treatment sometime in September. Her mother says her family is eternally grateful for all the love, help and support they receive from total strangers around the world. The B.C. government is pledging $36 million to double the number of available treatment beds for young people struggling with substance use and addiction. The announcement is being widely praised, but as Brad McLeod reports, some of those closest to the issue wonder why it took so long. And they say more still needs to be done. End of the hall has a lounge. A sneak peek inside the province's brand new youth addictions treatment center in Chilliwack. The 20 beds are a first for the Fraser Health region. Between January and June of this year, 60 young people under the age of 24 lost their lives. With Chilliwack, there will be 124 beds available for youth in B.C. But the NDP government just announced they're doubling that. For too long in this province, youth who were struggling with addictions had to face long, long wait times for care. When Elliot was a little boy, I would take him for walks. People would stop me. Oh my God, that's the most beautiful little boy I've ever seen. Brock and Rachel's teen son, Elliot, died of an overdose two years ago. They say his addiction started when he was prescribed opioids after surgery. Their reaction to the government's announcement? It's a great start. Um, we need a, a comprehensive uh, system uh, for mental health and addiction. And it needs to start right in the school systems. It needs to start within the, with the health care providers that prescribe Elliot's the drugs. I was very, very pleased. Michelle Jansen lost her son Brandon while he was receiving treatment at a facility on the Sunshine Coast. There have to be a complete host of wraparound services, aftercare. There has to be a safe drug supply. These beds will include withdrawal management and detox spaces, 
They will include residential recovery beds, and it will include highly specialized treatment spaces, which can include 24-hour psychiatric uh, nursing care and support. The new beds will be rolling out over the next two and a half years. Is it ever enough? No, but they have to be recognized. If these beds were available to Elliot, when we were two years ago in Elliot's situation, two years, three months, and 25 days ago, um, Elliot may be with us still. Brad McLeod, Global News, Victoria. Up next, new technology to help prevent drownings. So we're going to put the scanner underneath the water, uh, pull the trigger. What this handheld device can see underwater that could be the difference between life or death. And later, the mushrooms that have done magic for Vashik. But not how you think. The tennis star's secret weapon coming up. It's a situation that happens repeatedly every summer. People losing their lives, drowning in lakes and rivers around B.C. Well, now one Vancouver-based company has come up with a handheld tool to greatly speed up the underwater search where every second counts. Aaron MacArthur reports. A swimmer slips below the surface. It's now a race against the clock to find her. Up until now, the only technology available to aid in a search was a pair of goggles. But now a Vancouver company has pushed what's possible. Vodasafe, trying to bring handheld sonar devices to your next trip to the water. Aqua is the only sonar device, the only rescue device that you can grab and go. Summer usually brings a spike in the number of drownings. 2020 has seen more deaths than a typical year. From the Okanagan to Vancouver Island and Whistler, people are taking too many risks, not respecting how dangerous the water can be, often paying for it with their lives. It can happen in a heartbeat, and it happened quietly and without a fuss. To aid in a rescue, Vodasafe developed Aqua Eye. The scanner pinpoints location. Okay, so that's him. He's just showing up on the screen. Giving rescuers an accurate idea of where a person is under the water, no matter the visibility. The company has now partnered with the Life Saving Society to make this type of unit available to first responders. Lifeguards, camps, firefighters, police, and search and rescue teams. Ideally, this device is everywhere where public is so that you can get there in time to actually make a difference. With summer not quite over, still more water-related emergencies to come in B.C. Aqua Eye could be the difference between life and death. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Fisher-Price launches a new line of toys influenced by the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll explain right after Christie's forecast. All right, meteorologist Christy Gordon is out in some nice sunshine for this evening. Christy? Yes, it's a gorgeous evening out here, Sophie, and we've got several more on the way. Things are really going to heat up across southern BC, but we're talking about rainfall warnings for northern BC. We'll show you all that in a second. First, so have a look at this photo of little Dustin. He's age six, grandpa taking a photo, and yes, they were taking it, uh, playing it safe here. Grandpa was close by, but also 
keeping cool and that's what you're going to need to do over the next little while. North coast regions though, heavy rain headed your way, especially along coastal regions. Just showers further inland, but it will continue likely through a good part of Saturday as well. So here's how much rainfall you can expect by the end of the day on Saturday. Kitimat, Prince Rupert getting the most where rainfall warning is in effect, but significant amounts further inland as well. Whereas southern BC, temperatures are going to soar not only tomorrow, but over the next several days. Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday look to be the hottest, but it looks like we'll extend that heat even into the latter part of next week for those of you in the interior. Things won't be extended as long and through Metro Vancouver, we'll likely see a peak a little bit shorter, but still significant heat by the end of the weekend where areas away from the water will hit those low 30s. So take care of yourself, make sure you're keeping yourself hydrated and look after kids and pets. Never leave them inside of a car unattended, even with the window cracked. There's your rain for the northern region, sunshine across the south. Temperatures are slowly climbing. It's towards the end of the weekend that you can expect the most uh, significant heat into Monday as well. So enjoy the summer. If you like the heat, make sure you keep yourself cool and safe. And I'll leave you with this central windows weather window, which is a stunning shot looking out over Vasso Lake. Thank you to John Boothwood for that. All right, Sophie, back to you. Looks like a postcard. Thank you, Christy. Fisher Price is introducing a new mini-me lineup and role-play items that are a sign of the COVID times. The new collection of toys is designed for kids whose parents are spending more time at home because of the pandemic. It features a number of actions kids are seeing the adults in their lives do more now than ever. In addition to the work-from-home set, there's also a home chef set. And babies can now work out alongside mom or dad with the Baby Biceps gift set. And let's not leave out the tiny tourist set, which is perfect for family staycations. <laughs> Anything to make a buck, hey? We'll figure it out. <laughs> I like the old Fisher Price garage when we were a kid. Uh, that always worked out well. Uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps are going to resume their season August 18th. They're going to play three matches out east. Caps taking on Toronto FC for a pair of matches. Then they'll visit Montreal. BC Place is going to host matches September 5th, 13th, and 16th. And Dan Hamhuis has called it a career. The pride of Smithers BC retiring after playing over 1,100 career games. We wish Dan and his family all the best in retirement. So, And later, a man in a wheelchair pulled from the tracks just in time. We'll hear from the officer who saved him. Jay, something to cheer about. Yes. Mm. Yes, indeed, Sophie. Uh, how good did the Canucks look last night against the defending Stanley Cup champions? Full marks for their 5-2 victory. Scored three more power play goals to add to their league-high bubble total of seven. The game winner coming off the stick of Troy Stetcher, Richmond's finest, giving a celebratory salute to the sky afterwards in memory of his dad, who uh, passed away just prior to the start of summer training camp. Back it comes, Troy Stetcher. Scores! Stetcher! You know, it's been tough, obviously, at certain moments um, throughout this process, but uh, I'm thankful to be surrounded by my teammates. And obviously, I had a couple seconds there to reflect on my dad. And uh, the biggest thing was everybody showed their support on the bench instantly and kind of gave me a tap and uh, it just kind of motivated me to keep it going. Yes, very emotional, uh, you know, for him. And, you know, like I said, I know what he's going through and it's not easy. And for him to show that kind of emotion, just, uh, you know, saw how happy he, he got and, uh, you know, I, I got emotional as well thinking about it. So, you know, I gave him a big hug after the game and 
uh, you know, I'm super happy for it. It's another guy who, who blocks a, a ton of shot and works his bag off. And, uh, you know, to get rewarded with a goal in a, in a big game, that's uh, with everything he's been going through, that's, uh, you know, that's huge. Montreal Canadiens head coach Claude Julien is in hospital tonight. The Habs coach complained of having chest pains following Montreal's loss to Philadelphia last night. Reports are that he's in stable condition. Julien is out for the remainder of the series. Kirk Muller taking over behind the bench as head coach on an interim basis. You got you to bet. Corpusello the Jackets back in their series against the Lightning. Surprised anybody was standing after that five-overtime marathon. This is the only highlight you need to see. Dirty, dirty, dirty dangle by Alex Wenberg. 3-1 Jackets win it. They even the series at a game of peace. Man, that's a good goal. Riley Smith bagging the overtime winner. Golden Knights 2-0 series lead against the Blackhawks. No David Pasternak for Boston tonight. He's unfit to play. They're tied at one heading to the third. And the Flames are looking for a 2-0 series lead tonight against Dallas. PJ Tour, first-round action at the Wyndham. Merritt's Roger Sloan was rolling the rock today. Sloan a six-under through his opening ten holes. Smoothly rolling in another birdie seventh, coming here on the 16th hole. 17, nukes his drive, has the wedge in here. Had nine birdies on the day. The only blemish on his card was a bogey on nine. Roger Sloan tied for the lead. Thanks to his 8-under 62 Champions League quarterfinals. RB Leipzig meeting Atletico Madrid. The German club had never made it to Champions League semifinal action until today. And it's American Tyler Adams came on as a sub. He's the first American to score a Champions League quarterfinals goal. And they beat Atletico Madrid 2-1. They're off to the semifinals in Champions League play. Vashik Pospisil still had a solid 2019 season. This after coming off serious back surgery. He's ranked inside the world's top 100 right now, and his secret success might surprise you. Vashik Pospisil was playing the best tennis of his life when COVID-19 shut everything down. But the likable Vashik has been anything but idle during the break. He's traded in his racket for a laptop and is now getting ready to launch his own functional mushroom dietary supplement company called Hakati, a name with an interesting origin. It's a Greek goddess of magic. Um, there's no magic with these mushrooms. They're, they're like I said, dietary supplement and, and just like a health product. Yes, let's be clear on that. The magic in these mushrooms is their healing power. For Vashik, they help with his recovery, stamina, and even his mood, which has led to a tremendous run of success on the court. And that's why he's such a big believer in the product. I've really become uh, kind of obsessed with, with functional mushrooms over the last uh, 16 or 18 months. Um, and I haven't been sick one time, which, which is, you know, uh, can't be a coincidence. And I feel amazing on the court. Vashik is obviously the famous face of the Hakati products, which are easily added to smoothies, coffee, or any drink to help boost performance. But he's very hands-on, involved in the meetings with his partners, problem-solving. It's been a bright light in these otherwise dark times. You know, you try to take positives out of negative situations. Um, you know, uh, for me, and that for me, that was getting busy in 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 business and trying to 
expand my, myself as an individual and test my boundaries and limits and see what I can accomplish. But there is a light at the end of the tennis tunnel. The U.S. Open will go on in New York without fans starting August 28th, and Vashik is in the field. He's ramped up training, feeling he's ready to pick up where he left off. He's ranked 94th in the world thanks to some wins over a string of top 20 players in recent matches. I feel even now, even just hitting the ball, I feel the way I'm feeling on the court, I don't feel like much has changed. I feel like I'm still uh, kind of where I, where I was. As far as selling his new product to his fellow tennis pros, well, he's got mixed emotions about that. Because I, I feel like it's my secret weapon a little bit, so I was I was kind of like battling between whether I do even want to give it to. I'm mean, playing these guys, but but no, we gotta you know spread the word as much as possible, obviously, and and uh, and the health benefits are are really impressive. So I think they'll be pretty pretty happy with with the product. Maybe just give it to them after the match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe just after the match. <laughs> and there'll be one less Canadian at the U.S. Open. Bianca Andreescu withdrawing today from the U.S. Open. So, Oh, that's too bad. All right, thanks very much, Jay. Up next, the officer in the right place at the right time. You'll want to see this dramatic rescue next. Remarkable rescue out of California. A chance encounter between a police officer who, while on patrol, just happened to notice a man in a wheelchair stuck on the railroad tracks. As the train barreled toward him and with just seconds to act, she knew exactly what to do. I'll be out with the mail stack on the tracks trying to get him out. Officer Erica Urea was on patrol in Central California when she spotted a terrible accident waiting to happen. I need to get him off the tracks. With a freight train fast approaching, Urea ran from her car to reach an older man in a wheelchair who had become stuck on the tracks. I was trying to gauge how much time I had. Uh, so at first I tried to see if I can get loose the, the wheelchair. It wouldn't budge. Time was running out. Urea pulls the man from his chair seconds before the train plows through, clipping the man as it passes. He's now recovering from his injuries in stable condition, thanks to Urea's quick save. I honestly don't think I did anything special. You've been with the department for 14 years. I mean, it, it, is this one of the more remarkable experiences you've had? Definitely up there and the most memorable that I will have in my career. A split-second decision, leaving an imprint on her life and likely saving the life of a stranger in need. Katie Beck, NBC News. Definitely the right place at the right time. All right, Christy, final word on the weather forecast. Lots of sunshine over the next several days, Sophie. So tomorrow highs will reach about 21, or sorry, 22 to 26 degrees across Metro Vancouver. But by Sunday and into Monday, it's certainly going to get hot. So keep that water handy, sunscreen, hats, what else? Loose clothing, well, all the things that you need to do to keep yourself cool. And for those of you who have pools at home, now is the time to go and take a dip. Jay, <laughs> and invite right, yeah. your friends. Bye. That's all the time we have. Have a good evening. <laughs>